Go thou, O son of man, I have set thee a watchman unto the house of Israel. Therefore, thou shalt hear the word of my mouth and warn them from me. Have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. Coming to you from an undisclosed location in Middle Tennessee and examining current events from a biblical perspective, this is Bible News Radio with your hosts, Randall and Stacy Harp. Just kidding. <laughs> all right. Hey, everybody. Welcome to today's edition of Bible News Radio. As you all know, I am your sweet and lovable host, Stacey Lynn Harp. I want to thank you for joining us today for this edition of Bible News Radio, where we're going to go ahead, we're going to share with you some very interesting news about some illegal aliens. What are these nefarious evildoers up to? Mm-hmm. Yep. And we have a whole bunch of other news. I have news about the church. I have news about a baby that was dropped off at a church and left. Abandoned. Yeah. A woman got her purse stolen from a church. I mean, who does that? Aren't all people that go to church nice? Just saying. Also, we got a brand new Bible study from our sponsor, The Rapture of the Church is the title of it from Ariel Ministries. You guys can go check that out on our website. I think it's under our resources tab at BibleNewsRadio.com. Nope. What what page is it? It's not on any of them. Oh, yeah, it's not. It's at the top of the page. Never mind. We changed it. Just go to BibleNewsRadio.com, and then you can download the the brand new. If you're not already signed up for the email list. Right. If you're already signed up. You'll get it on the next email going out. You will? Yeah, I mean, I mean, they should. They're faithful. They're faithfully subscribed. They should still get it, right? Okay. If you're not on my text message list, we were having a little bit of technical difficulties today, but you can go ahead and text Bible News to 33222. That's two threes and three twos, just so you know. Double three, triple two. Bible news, three, three, two, two, two. All right, so <clears throat> I love this opening music, don't you? It really does describe who I am, just so you know. By the way, I want to give give a shout out to the Yeti thingy. The Yeti rocks. I have to tell you, I uh, before I went to the DMV today, I went ahead and uh, put ice in here with water. I left this thing in my car where it was hot for like two and a half hours it was still super cold by the time I got back that's mine right yeah it says Edward Jones on it yeah my name is Edward Jones but I won that for uh, for for guessing closest to what the stock market would close at on a particular day really yeah I didn't know that now you do wow it's amazing how you can live with somebody your whole life and not know stuff. <laughs> anyway, welcome everybody to the show. I, we, We're going to have a good show, I hope, Lord willing. Anyway, okay, so I'm going to go ahead here and I'm going to go share over on Facebook, assuming we're on Facebook. Are we on Facebook? We appear to be three viewers even. Oh, we are? Wow. Three people are watching us on Facebook? Our numbers are increasing. It's a miracle. Okay, wait. Let me I mean, that's, that's what it is the moment. <laughs> hey. That's face- what it sh- that's what Switchboard showing me anyway. It could really? be more. Wow. Three whole people. Wait. Okay. So hold on a second. I'm going to share this out on my page because there's so many ways to divide our audience. You know, we can divide our audience by letting them watch on Facebook. We can let them watch on Periscope or, or, or YouTube. We're not sowing discord among the brethren, are we? <laughs> Dividing them? Sure we are. No, I'm just kidding. Actually, my favorite platform to watch uh, on is, hey, Forrest, there's Forrest, and there is Darren. Now, Forrest has been watching our show for such a long time. Forrest is awesome. He's a great guy. Oh, and Kimberly is there, too. Hi, Kim and Darren. Darren's there. Okay, all right. So Kim, Darren, and Forrest are over there on Facebook, I think. And then we got Mia, Diane, Marty, and Melanie over on Periscope until more people show up uh, as Periscope slowly rolls out the comments and lets people see that our show is there and exists. 
Yeah. And if you're on YouTube, I know there's a couple of you that watch on YouTube too. So, hi. I don't know who you are, but but thank you for watching. I really appreciate it. All right, so let's start with this opening story. I got this off from Breitbart. Listen to this. Investigation. Potentially 39 million cases of identity theft by illegal aliens in the last four years. Okay? 39 million 39 million oh my gosh listen to this there have been potentially 39 million cases in the last four years in which americans have had their identities and social security numbers stolen by illegal aliens a new investigation reveals during an interview with sirius xm patriots breitbart news tonight executive director of the immigration reform law institute also known as irli Dale Wilcox revealed to Breitbart News senior, at, edit, senior editor at large Rebecca Mansour that their latest investigation revealed 39 million cases between 2012 and 2016 where names on a W 2 tax form did not match corresponding Social Security records. If each fraudulent Social Security number user submitted only one W 2 form a year under a fake identity, this still amounts to nearly 10 million individuals using stolen identities of American citizens. There are more than 12 million illegal aliens currently living in the United States. Wilcox said American children are the most vulnerable to illegal aliens stealing their identities and using their social security numbers to work in the country. Studies have found that it affects children the most because we see because because see what because see e what most because see e okay somebody didn't proofread this article okay it affects children the most because we see illegal aliens prefer to use children's social security numbers because your child won't apply for a loan for years so the illegal aliens probably won't be caught for decades possibly and actually actually that's true in the last three months since I've been selling ID Shield, I have been reading every day identity theft stories, and, and every year at least one million, million children's identities have been stolen. And this is exactly why. It's because the Social Security number, uh, they, they're not, they don't open credit until they're older. So it's so easy to poach a kid's um, you know, identity and Social Security number in particular. It says here, a lot of Americans are being harmed by this. These poor kids... When they go to get their first school loan or a car loan, they've got criminal histories and bad credit. This is not a victimless crime. As Breitbart News most recently reported, the illegal alien from Mexico accused of murdering 20-year-old college student Molly Tibbetts allegedly stole an American citizen's identity in order to appear to be working legally in the U.S. at an Iowa dairy farm. Okay? So I share this story for a couple reasons. First... Because, frankly, illegal aliens irritate me. I don't like illegal aliens. I don't care if people come to America legally. They sh I mean, they have that right. That um, That's what makes America free, right? Is that, is that this is a free nation. Just saying, right? I mean, we, we, we are essentially a nation without borders, okay? But it does irritate me. And having lived in Southern California most of my life, and having seen the influx from Mexico, particularly on the Southern California border down there, it is like Mexico down there. And so many illegal aliens come into this country and they take advantage of our system. And now they're committing all these crimes, too. And it's not just Mexicans. It's also Islam and others who come into our country illegally. And, you know, and people are like, well, you're a Christian. You're supposed to let illegal aliens come in illegally. I'm like, no, I'm not. <laughs> you know, just saying. You know, the Bible says that we should abide by the laws of the land and as much as possible, right? And, you know, it's it's a merciful thing. I mean, it's very kind of us to let illegal, illegal aliens come in. But honestly, if you're going to come to America, go through the channels. And even if it takes you a decade to become legal, do it anyway. A. Bong Eka did it. My neighbor Aurora did it. A whole bunch of other people I know did it. Uh, so, you know, just saying, you should come here legally. You know, this article begs the question is, where, where do the social security numbers come from? Yes, they've been assigned to children, but you just don't, you can't just 
you know, well, order yeah. those from the post office. There's got to be somebody in the Social Security Administration or somewhere like that that's getting these numbers and selling them in the black market. Well, with all the data breaches that there are, of course. I mean, you know. Well, I'm not sure why children would be, you know, in, in any kind of, a, a, you know, shopping or whatever, <laughs> or even Experian or something like that. They wouldn't, they wouldn't have, you know, the credit histories wouldn't be out there to begin with. They would be once they were stolen and misused. I but, believe there was a huge data breach at Experian. Right, but so. but if, if 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 I'm a five year old kid, my parents get me a social security number. Experian doesn't get that right away. Experian only gets that once somebody applies for credit, something like that. Right, you know. So so I'm wondering, you know, once it's once it's misused, it's kind of fair game. It's out there, but how does it get out there? People are nefarious. They're evildoers. I think there has to be someone on the inside. Duh. Hello. Of, of the Social Security Administration because... Okay. Yeah, because... Well, that's, that's a no-brainer. I right. mean, okay, first of all, um, part of the reason I got my dad covered, who's 90 years old, with identity theft protection is because he lives in assisted living. And just because nice people might work in assisted living doesn't mean those nice people aren't thieves. You know, the lady at the DMV today that I talked to... She was sweet as pie. But you know what? She has access to my identity, and she could take everything in there and rip me off. I mean, she could, you know, she could set up stuff. She has my driver's license number, credit card number, my name, my address, my birthday. I mean, she's got all of it. And so, not misuse it herself, but just sell it to right, someone yeah. who will. Actually, though, and this is just my theory. You can disregard it for what it is, and it's kind of going off on a little bit of a tangent, but that's all right. Who cares, right? I think... I care. Think about it just for a minute. I think that ultimately the issue of identity theft is so huge. And the reason it's so huge is because in the end, when the rise of the Antichrist comes to power, they are going to do everything that they can to make sure that you have a chip in your forehead or your hand. Just so you know. And I'm, I mean, I, I really do believe that that's part of this, this whole issue really is leading up to the end times. In fact, I read another article today. This is over on the Herald Tribune. And um, this was a letter written to David Ramsey, who happens to sell a different form of, or he actually endorses a different form of identity theft protection, not as good as me, or what we have. But this is what he said to Laura. <clears throat> And this is what Dave Ramsey said. He said, everyone needs identity theft protection unless you're one of these few folks who have gone completely off the grid. Someone out there probably has a few of your numbers between sloppiness on the part of consumers and the massive data breaches that have occurred in the last few years. Almost everyone has experienced or will experience some sort of identity theft. Unfortunately, this is today's world. I don't really consider identity theft protection part of the baby steps. It's like life insurance, car insurance, and that it's something almost everyone needs. Things like that should just be part of your budget every month. That's Dave Ramsey saying that. And so with that said, I'll just say I agree with Dave Ramsey. And for under $10 a month, you can get your identity protected with ID Shield, which is my uh, sponsor here, or yeah, basically, I mean, I'm it's my company, I work for ID Shield anyway. Um, for under 10 bucks a month, you can be protected with identity theft protection. Bareface is going to roll that, that footage so it will tell you a little bit more. And then I want you to get in touch with me and let me get you signed up. Uh, because seriously, don't wait till it happens because you know what, you're actually proving you're guilty until proven innocent when it comes to this particular issue. I'm not hearing it. You're not hearing it. Yeah, stand by. Please stand by. <laughs> Please stand by for the evening prayer. No, I'm just kidding. Let's see, it's one of these. It, there it is. I see it's playing. Well, no, but there's no audio. It's it's going to be one of these 300 <laughs> um, slider controls. Ah, for Firefox, even though there's not 300 instances or tabs of Firefox gotcha. open. Okay, here we go. We're professional here. Yeah, we are. 
Every year, over 10 million people have their identity stolen. Take control of your identity with ID Shield. ID Shield monitors your personal information, such as your social security number, credit and debit card numbers, and social media accounts. We watch across the internet, including black market websites, government databases, and court records. We even provide child monitoring and monthly credit score tracking, which you can track right on the ID Shield mobile app. If any discrepancies with your identity are found, you'll receive an alert. If your identity has been stolen, a dedicated team of licensed private investigators are there at the touch of a button 24-7 to restore your identity. ID Shield also provides a password manager so you can generate and store strong passwords to further shield yourself from identity theft. And ID Shield even has a $5 million service guarantee, which means if identity theft happens, we'll do whatever it takes for as long as it takes to restore your identity. Shield yourself and your family from identity theft and put a licensed private investigator in the palm of your hand with ID Shield. So ID Shield, you guys, is the most affordable identity theft protection out there. It's also the best. We have the longest guarantee, $5 million guarantee, and we monitor more things than most people do. Credit score, uh, which is really super cool on your app. You will see your credit score. In fact, it's been fun for me to watch my credit score go up in the last couple of months just watching it. Your social security number, passport, uh, driver's license, all your health cards, your medical ID cards. 10 email addresses, your loans, uh, 10 credit cards, 10 bank accounts, uh, black market website surveillance, and social media, including your LinkedIn, uh, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And then they give you ID Shield Vault, which is a password manager, which has military-grade encryption on it, uh, so that you can store all of your um, you know, passwords very, very securely. And all that for an individual is only $9.95 a month, okay? So, so there's really no excuse. And let me just exhort you in love because every day I'm telling you about this, not so I can get rich, but because I seriously actually want you to be protected because I have been talking to friends of mine who I've been signing up. And one of them in particular took them four months, four months of misery to deal with it because... He didn't have the tools. This here, you know, is it's right in the palm of your hand. And for under 10 bucks a month, you can get yourself protected. So the way you want to do that is give me a call. Contact me directly. You can go to bit.ly forward slash uh, all caps protect me. Or you can just private message me on any of my social media platforms. I will get back to you, okay? Because uh, I want to get you protected. Everybody should be protected because there's a gazillion data breaches out there. And um, trust me, you do not want to be in this by yourself you just don't it's gonna happen it's already happened uh, so all that so so if you're on the fence just let me just say hey if the world made it mandatory to have this it's like 10 bucks a month people put away your latte for a month or two days and all that so um, we will go ahead and uh, get you all set up okay the other thing is um, I got to share a couple stories with you um, and I'm sharing these for a reason because there's there's a couple that really uh, stood out to me. Now, as believers, one of the things that that I care about is the babies in the world. Um, so I came across this story, and this is um, uh, coming out of ABC13.com in Houston, Texas, by the way. It says here, baby boy only a few hours old dropped off at church in Northeast Houston. And there's a video, but we, we don't have to play that. It says here, firefighters uh, say someone dropped off a baby boy who is only hours old at a Northeast, Northeast Houston fire station early Wednesday morning. Fire officials tell Eyewitness News the baby was initially dropped off at a church near Tidwell. And uh, according to HF Day, um, let's see here. According to, wait, hold on a second. We're going to go ahead and block that dude, too. I'm going to put up with that. According to HFD District Chief Steve Dunbar, HFD Station 63 on Will Clayton Parkway got a knock on the door around 4.40 a.m. A man had the baby in his arms. He told firefighters he was from the church and then handed them the boy. 
the unbib umbilical cord. <laughs> I know what you wanted to say. I know. I was going to say umbilical cord, but whatever. <sighs> was still attached to the baby. He was transported to Northeast Memorial Hermann Hospital. The baby appears to be full term, which is fortunate. Very good. The man who dropped him off did not leave an ID or his name. Houston police are now trying to find the baby's parents. Because the baby was dropped off at a church, this case does not fall under the safe haven law, and police are now investigating to determine who the child's parents are. The law, the law allows parents to take their baby to any hospital, fire station, or EMS station in Texas. It's, it's, it's also known as the Baby Moses Law. Um, isn't that sweet? Isn't it neat how the Bible even gets into, into the lawmaking here? Uh, and all that. So I don't know what you guys think of this, but I had a couple of feelings when I read the article, which is why I bring it up. Because frankly, I think if the parents were in that much distress about this baby that they had, and I don't know if it was a girl or a boy, cause, oh, it was a boy, um, and they dropped it off at, at a church because they couldn't deal with it, more power to them. You know, I know some people would say, oh, they're abandoning their baby. They're horrible on parents. That poor baby, he's going to grow up without parents, blah, blah. You know what? The alternative would have been killing the baby and having an abortion. And those parents didn't do that. And so to those parents, I give a kudos for, hey, doing the right thing. Uh, if they just felt like they couldn't deal with it, maybe there would have been a better way to do it. But these laws are in. You know, even though they went to the church instead of the places they were supposed to drop the baby off, at least this baby is alive. I don't know. Bareface, what do you think? Uh, I agree with you. Yeah, maybe they didn't know, you know, a hospital might be better equipped to deal with a newborn. Mm -hmm. uh, but for centuries, that wasn't the way. I mean, we have centuries, we have millennia of human history when there were no hospitals caring for newborn children. You know, certainly the infant mortality infant mortality rate was you know a little higher then but anyway but so yeah they brought it to a church which was good because they figured well these if anybody's pro-life hopefully it's the you know people at church they'll take this serious and know what to do and they did and uh this man at the church knew not to bring i'm gonna guess that the fire department was closer than a hospital for the fire department you know where they've got paramedics and you know willing to deal with you're ready to deal with any sort of you know medical issues that might be present with a newborn so especially with the umbilical cord still the chat detached i know so it was so it was so young i mean it was just like i'm i'm wondering if they what did they do with the end not attached you know the one for placenta did they you know they have you have to close it off or the baby's gonna bleed out you know you gotta i don't know I don't know. I mean, it's, or, or maybe they clamped it off near the baby. I don't know. It's got to be clamped off it, somewhere. It's sad. And I'm sure hopefully, you know, they're going to find the parents and I hope the mom is okay. Mm -hmm. You know, I hope the dad's okay too. Um, you know, it's definitely a sad thing. Kyle made a comment. Uh, he said, you have to give Randall credit. You do a great job getting rid of trolls. Thanks for making a great show. Well, oh. thank you. I know that I don't think you always agree with me, do you? But that's okay. Um, you know, I am not a big fan of, of trolls, and if I wasn't doing a show that I consider serious and a news show, then uh, I I would engage these these people. But frankly, it cost me money to produce this show, <laughs> and I don't want to waste my time dealing with somebody who is trying to just disrupt the show. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, so Stacy's blocking the trolls. Yeah, so I, I was just, trying to, yeah. Um, you know, Darren over on Facebook, you know, he mentioned going back to the, just before we lose too much of the context, context with the uh, social security numbers. You know, he mentioned that uh, uh, the social security numbers of children are shared with doctors, medical insurance, daycares, dentists. Yep. Stuff like that. Um, well, so, you know, any one of those places could pass that along. You know, someone who works in the yeah, which, medical office can... Which is why ID Shield. Here's a. This is important. If you if you know this or if you're trying to sell this, like Melanie is a new associate. Keep this in mind. ID Shield family is twenty four ninety five a month. That covers the mom and the dad, or domestic partner, whatever, and eight children. Okay, so you can cover a family of ten for twenty four ninety five. 
you can cover an individual for $9.95. Like Randall and I, we have an individual plan because we don't have children. So we save five bucks a month compared to a family. So if you know, uh, if you have grandkids, if you have children with grandkids and they are not protected, get those children protected and get your grandkids protected because they are the target. Especially, they are. They're a big yeah, target. Yeah, they're most susceptible so, to identity and, theft. Yeah, and the elderly are too. And so it's, it's yeah, anyway. Anyway, I, I'm not going to stop talking about it. You know, I'm just saying, I'm not getting rich off selling it. But what I am telling you is that it will protect you and save you a big headache. And I know for me, I feel really, I feel so much better now that I have it. Because I can look on my phone every day. I get alerts every day uh, about the dark web. I mean, because my whole, you know, company is on the internet. All right. So let's talk now about this one other story. This one comes from uh, Fox 8. And this is titled, Women's Purse Stolen at Greensboro Church the suspect has been arrested. Now, I brought the, I'm bringing this up because I just want to read you the article. Because Christians get a bad rap all the time, don't we? Uh-huh. <laughs> it says here, it's one of the last places you, you'd expect to get robbed. Well, I don't know about that. I, I don't trust people at church. I used to, like, leave my purse laying around and just walk around the sanctuary. Hey, good morning, Joe. Good morning, brother so-and-so. Good morning, sister, blah, blah. Yeah, right. Why some evildoer can go in and take your wallet. Uh, Anyway, it says here, it's one of the last places you'd expect to get robbed. A woman leaving church in Greensboro Sunday morning discovered her purse was missing with her keys and wallet inside. She didn't want to be identified, but said she stayed calm while reporting her debit card as stolen using a banking app. I knew that if somebody needed something more than me, that it would be okay, and whatever I had would get back to me, she said. A few minutes later, she got an alert that someone tried to use the card at a gas station on Eugene Street. Seeing the charge quickly and knowing where he was was definitely a help. Greensboro police arrested Donald Lee Sapp for larceny and obtaining property by false pretenses. The woman said that she forgives the man accused of stealing from her and wishes she could have helped him before the theft. I want him to know that I forgive him. I want him to know that it's okay and that whatever he truly needed, I wish he could have been able to help in, to help instead we of... Been. Yeah, we could have been able to help instead of him feeling like he needed to take something of mine away. <clears throat> so I share this because, um, you know, obviously this unidentified woman who was stolen from... Uh, you know, is being very gracious about about this. Um, but the greater question I have is if Donald Lee Sapp was going to this church and he actually needed help, how come he just didn't go to the pastor and say, hey, I need some help? You know, most churches have benevolence funds and places where you can get money and or clothes or food. Hey, for years before I married Bareface, I, I actually wasn't making enough money. I actually got fed from the church. I went and picked up groceries from the homeless shelter thingy, and I would go. I, I mean, it was a humbling thing to have to go and do that, but I did it, you know. So obviously this guy knew he needed something, so why didn't he just go to the church? So that, that makes me sad right there. Um, but the woman herself, fortunately, because she caught it soon enough, didn't get uh, didn't lose a whole lot which is which was which is good i don't know what do you think about that one i'm i agree with her sentiment yeah it's i mean if they really had to you know if they really needed something then yeah go you know she would have been more than happy to help out and probably still is um it's gonna be hard now to you know can be arrested and jailed and trial and all that kind of stuff. If it's a trial, it might just, you might plead out and just do time. But, um, yeah, um, it's sad. And then, uh, using a stolen debit card is, is, is not the, um, is not the brightest thing to do. I've had my debit card number stolen and used in the past and uh and the person paid a traffic ticket with it i mean that wasn't the best move because not only you know do they know who's in possession of that number but you know then the 
traffic ticket. You've got a court record already. It shouldn't be too hard to find the guilty party. But, and and if she hadn't reported it stolen right away, it's kind of cool that she had an app, banking app, said, hey, this is stolen. So while he was still in the neighborhood, pretty much, he was still there in town, didn't get very far when he used it. And through the wonder of technology, it was reported stolen and came up right away that, okay, it's being used here at this gas station. So Yeah. Well, and you know the thing, let's just admit it, the credit card uh, protection, uh, most credit cards are great, and your bank is great. It's the other stuff you don't know about, and that's why... <clears throat> That's why ID Shield is very important because no, nobody is monitoring your social security number or your passport or your driver's license or your medical ID cards or, or your, you know, your other cards. I mean, Macy's recently was just breached and, you know, nobody is monitoring Macy's or whoever. So, you know, that's why it's important to get this, this uh, protection. All right, now I'm going to go ahead and read you one other article, and then I'm going to get to this article called How Our Church is Failing Us. I mentioned this yesterday. It's a very interesting article. You might be surprised at the author's conclusions, as I was. Uh, over on the express.co.uk, also known as UK website, <clears throat> Christianity Crackdown, Violent Mob Ransacks and Loots, Home Church in Egypt, Two stabbed, okay? Over there uh, in Egypt, uh, you know, our Christian brothers and sisters over there, they are under heavy persecution in Egypt. Uh, it says here, Christians in Egypt are being prevented from practicing their faith as angry mobs continue to target home churches in a violent crackdown against the religion in parts of the country. Uh, homes of cops, also known as Coptic Christians, in the Minya region were attacked by hundreds of furious locals, leaving two Christians with knife wounds in the head and face, World Watch Monitor reports. Four homes were ransacked and looted and partially set on fire by a Muslim mob during the three-hour-long attack, which was reportedly in protest of one of the properties being used as a home church. A local source for Christian persecution watchdog World Watch Monitor said the small Coptic community had been warned about the attacks on August 31st, a few days before it took place. Despite reporting the threat to police, officers did not respond until the attack had nearly finished. Three hours. Three hours. And I'm just going to tell you something. Having studied this issue for over a decade now, and having written about Christian persecution worldwide for eight years for Voice of the Martyrs, in Muslim-dominated countries, the police often just, they're like, whatever, whatever, we don't really care. Woohoo! You know, they're out having lunch and a donut somewhere. Um, three hours that these Muslims attack these Christian homes. Three hours and the police don't show up? I mean, seriously? <sighs> 19 Muslims were arrested on charges of charges of perpetrating unrest and attacking others for allegedly building a church without a license. Egyptian news outlet Wantanet reports. The attack took place in the village of Dimshau Hashim, 155 miles south of Cairo. Its population of 30,000 people includes a small Coptic community of 450. Egypt operates a licensing system for churches, but violence against Christians has reportedly prompted officials to deny the necessary permission on security grounds. More than 3,700 Christian churches have applied to be formally recognized, but just 220 licenses have been granted, according to Watananet. I'm not sure if I'm saying that right. At the current rate, it will take 17 years to process the applications for the outstanding unofficial churches. Many have already made, waited more than 15 years for permits. Last Friday's attack came just days after at least eight churches in the nearby Luxor region were forced to shut in the face of mob rule. International Christian Concern says Christians are being terrorized in an attempt to prevent them from praying in their homes. Similar attacks have taken place against cops in the Minyan region in recent months. In the village of Esbet Sultan Pasha, a small Coptic church has been targeted by mobs of locals four times since July, according to the World Watch Monitor. Malek Fayez, a local Christian, told the organization the latest attack took place on August 24th, afternoon prayers. He said the crowd pelted the church with stones and bricks, resulting in breaking CCTV cameras 
on the church wall and gate. Then they moved to the old house we currently pray in and continued throwing stones at it, as well as some Coptic-owned business or houses next to it, damaging some of the, the facades. All the while, they were shouting Alu Akbar and chanting hostile slogans against the church and cops such as, we don't want any church in our village and we don't allow you, oh kafir, to pray in any place in our village. Meanwhile, cops were trapped in their homes. Egypt is predominantly a Muslim country with around 90% of the population identifying as such and the remaining 10% is made up of mainly Coptic Orthodox Christians as well as other groups including Arminian, Apostolic, Catholic, Marianite, Orthodox, and Anglican. So, um, so I share this with you. Again, just kind of give you a reality check here. Again, that America, while right now, there are certain things happening in America, like what we shared yesterday with the Bible, you know, the 86-year-old pastor not being able to do his own Bible study in his house. Well, in Egypt, they're, they're pelting the houses and, and attacking Christians and murdering them in some cases, unfortunately. A hundred people. I mean, seriously, a hundred Muslims going after Christians? I mean, could you stand in that environment if you, you were there? Would you be able to stand you think you'd have a prayer life? Would you be reading God's word more? I don't know. To me, uh, this is like a wake-up call. Always, because I know that Muslims, they have a goal, and that is to take over America by 2020. That's two years, people. And if you think the, the bread and circus happening in D.C. right now with Donald Trump and the hearings and all that other stuff is really what matters in our country think again. Even in Canada, where I know some of you are, John, hi John, um, you know, it is getting tighter and tighter to be a Christian even in Canada. I mean, because, you know, the gospel, it's slowly being gagged and Christians are going to have to make a choice in the West as they have had to in the East. And, um, you know, you got to be ready. Got to be ready, in my opinion. Notice the uh, reasoning from the government there that there's these over 3,000 churches that have applied or, you know, groups that have applied to have a church building, but they're denied for security reasons. The irony of it all. Yeah, it's like, well, if you build a church, then, you know, the uh, Muslims are going to get upset and, you know, that's that's a security risk. It's like saying that, um, you know, if, if you... If you uh, put a nice car out here, it's going to be stolen. And so you can't have a nice car. You can't park a nice car on the street because, you know, there, there's a risk of it getting stolen in this neighborhood. So we're going to make it illegal to have a nice car. We're not going to do anything about auto theft. You know, that's it's just the way it is. That's the way this neighborhood is. But, you know, so what we're going to do, the way we're going to crack down on auto theft is prohibit you to have a nice car, to park a nice car in this neighborhood. I mean, that's <laughs> ridiculous to you know, legislates against the victim. Well, if you build a church here, then that's going to cause some security issues. So, you know, we can't guarantee your safety. So you can't have one. Yeah. The, the the criminals, the lawbreakers, get the, get the benefit of the law. Well, the devil knows his time is short. I mean, let's just say it. He does. He knows his time is short. And he's got his minions up doing their evildoer deeds, which is why we need to be sharing the gospel. Uh, before I get into this last story, though, let me remind you, you can get a 20% discount at Ariel Ministries when you use the coupon code Bible News. Uh, and don't forget, I know we already mentioned it at the top of the show, but if you just came in like Joe did, um, don't forget, you can go over to our website, BibleNewsRadio.com. Sign up for our brand new Bible study from Ariel Ministries. It's called The Rapture of the Church. This is a 23-page PDF that Dr. Arnold Fruchtenbaum and Ariel Ministries is giving to our listeners for free. Uh, all you got to do is just sign up, and, and we'll get you on the email list, and it will get sent directly to you. It's called The Rapture of the Church. And what's the name of the book? It's called Israel Betrayed. Is that the new book? Yes. That we're giving, we're, we're promoting this month? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I think Randall's probably going to be putting that up. It is. Okay. Yeah, I know there's like a 20-second delay or whatever on my end. I can't see what Bareface is doing. But uh, Israel Betrayed, just to learn more about that, just go uh, to uh, our website, click on that link, and then go check it out. I mean, that 
that is um, uh, going to be a good book about replacement th theology. And we're actually going to be talking a little bit more about Israel in the coming days. Uh, tomorrow, what I have planned for the show is Marketing of Homosexuality to America, Part 5. We're going to start looking at some of those eight things that we addressed last week uh, in, mar in the Marketing of Homosexuality to America, Part 4. Uh, so if you haven't followed my series there, I hope you take the time to uh, go back and watch watch that series because I'm, I'm actually using this book here, After the Ball, uh, How America Will Conquer Its Fear and Hatred of Gays in the 90s. So you guys can be equipped with the enemy's words yourself and, you know, and then share the show out. Hey, Sylvia, hope you're feeling better, girl. All right, so um, also Pillar of the Community, if you guys want to be Pillars of the Community, and so many of you are, you know, thank you guys for being pillars. I really appreciate it. A number of you are in here. Melanie is a pillar and Diane is a pillar and Mia and Sylvia, you guys are all pillars of the community. And I know there's some other people who are watching that are as well. Uh, but you guys, thank you for, you know, donating to the show, helping to uphold us, you know, financially with your donation. It really does help us. You have no idea. <laughs> You have no idea, trust me, how much it helps, uh, you know, and I just, I appreciate it more than you can say, more than I can say. Also, we are getting ready to go to Oklahoma, and I want to let you know that uh, we still are asking you guys to help support that trip. Um, you know, we're going to go to the Prophecy Watchers Conference, do a whole bunch of interviews there. I think there's 32 speakers that we're going to get access to, the top prophecy experts uh, in the world are going to be there, I believe, um, uh, next month, actually, in, in about a month, right after my big 5-0, people. So we're going to go there, and so if you want to help donate towards that, just go ahead and put a donation over at BibleNewsRadio.com. Say, this is for your conference, and Randall and I are going to be driving across America, one of my least favorite things to do. <laughs> but don't worry, I'm going to woman up and do it. Uh, so, anyway, we're going there. All right? Okay. Uh, okay, so let's get to this article, How Are Churches Failing Us? This is a question, and this is an article written by a guy named Roger Angus, and it's over on ipatriot.com. I'm not going to read the whole thing because it's quite lengthy, but I'm going to start by reading it, and then I'm going to skip through and I'm going to address some stuff he writes because this is interesting. He writes, I have listened over the years to many different preachers, I spent years looking for one that would preach the real word of God. It took years to find one, and then I found another, and then another. The reason I was looking for one was because I've always taken notes and then studied what the preacher preached and hardly ever found what that, that the preacher was actually preaching from the word. I've always learned many ways to study, but my favorite is to study the word in its original language, Hebrew and Greek. I'm not a Hebrew or Greek scholar, but I do have good resources to work with. Another thing I like to do is study how and what preachers taught two to four hundred years ago. I believe that some revelation was kept from them because it was meant for the end times, but they did preach the important stuff, righteousness, sanctification, and most of all, the principles that our founders used to establish America as the strongest and most prosperous nation the world has ever seen. Those of you who follow my columns know that I just finished a 52 installment on pastors from the founding era and the political sermons they preached. They were not afraid to get into a politician's face and remind him that they were instruments of God. Those pastors would always let a politician know if he was out of line. In 1954, there was an amendment to the IRS bill that took the church out of the political arena, sort of. I say sort of because up until that time, a pastor could endorse a candidate or a party or oppose a candidate or a party. In other words, a pastor could name names and shame the devil. You guys should write that down. Name names and shame the devil. You should. I like that quote. Um, but that bill called the Johnson gag order took many of the churches out of the political arena. In reality, in reality, they could still do what they had been doing. They just had to do it in a different way. They could name a candidate and compare his views to biblical views, but that was as far as he could go. That bill is a violation of a preacher's First Amendment rights and a restriction on what he is mandated by God to do, inform the public. A preacher had never in the history of America been bridled in such a manner in such an important area of public life. 
Our founders depended on the preachers to keep the masses educated on political matters. They were preached from the pulpit every Sunday. Today's preachers do very little, if any, of that. They have been so accustomed to being bridled that they don't even complain. Our pulpits have failed us. And I know this is so controversial, but it's so true. Over the last 60 years since the passing of that bill, the influence of the church has been slowly removed from politics. The churches don't raise up strong men and women to run for political office anymore. Even when I was a kid, I can remember overhearing men in the church I attended saying that no good Christian would get into politics because it was such a, quote, dirty, unquote, profession. Yes, politics is dirty, which is just why a Christian should be involved to keep it clean. There has always been an element in politics that has made it undesirable to a highly moral man, but it takes a highly moral man to be a politician. Even our founders believed this. Charles Carroll, a signer of the Declaration of Independence, confirmed that all morality is based in the Christian religion. Without morals, a republic cannot subsist any length of time. They, therefore, who are decrying the Christian religion, whose morality is so sublime and pure, are undermining the solid foundation of morals, the best security for the duration of free governments. The founders were very stringent in their demand for moral character, not just the political arena, but in private lives as well. Now imagine that, huh? In the 1850 case of the Commonwealth v. Sharpless, a case which involved the private viewing of a painting of a nude male and a nude female in an indecent posture, the case was decided on what was referred to as the moral law, believing that even immorality behind closed doors is still a crime. Now put a one if you think that's still true today. <laughs> well, I don't care what you do in your bedroom. Yeah, just keep it in your bedroom. It's, you know, it's not criminal. It is to God, just so you know. Part of the court's decision stated, whatever tends to the destruction of morality in general is punished criminally. Crimes are public offenses, not because they are perpetrated publicly, but because their effect is to injure the public. Burglar burglary, though done in secret, is a public offense, and secretly destroying fences is indictable. Hence, it follows that an offense may be punishable even in its nature and by its example it tends to the corruption of morals although it be not committed in public yeah don't worry i'm going to read the whole thing because this article is so good it is obvious that we no longer hold those in authority to these kinds of standards franklin roosevelt was well known for his affair john kennedy had many affairs as did his brother ted kennedy bill clinton had numerous affairs but we didn't seem to look at it in the same way the founders did, and the only ones to blame are the pulpits of America. They seem to have not to have a need to not offend anyone. The problem is, when the truth is preached, someone is going to get offended, just so you know. So pull up your bootstraps. The preachers of the founding era did not have the fear of offending people. They knew that if the truth wasn't preached, chaos would prevail, which is what we have today. I remember, and this is why I want to read this to you, because of this. I remember hearing a well-known TV preacher say that the worst thing a preacher could do was remind his congregation of their sin. Mm -hmm. Yeah, right? You, can you believe that that's in, in writing? Uh, I remember hearing a well-known TV preacher say that the worst thing a preacher could do was remind his congregation of their sin. He even fired his son because he preached from the Bible. The failure of today's pulpits to take a stand concerning God's principles has given us a nation that no longer cares about the things of God. It has become about all about what we want. What makes me feel good, what is best for society, is ignored. Now, don't go off the deep end and think I'm calling for some type of socialism because I'm not. But when we as a society begin to ignore the foundation that was laid by the founders and created what America has become, we endanger all of society. We even threaten the nation itself. Which is why I always expose the gay agenda. Okay, because people are like, whoa, everybody's been, you know, indoctrinated. But anyway, you guys know. When sin is no longer called sin, everything begins to turn gray. There 
there are just as many people in the pews that are living together without the benefit of marriage as there are in the world. The divorce rate is just as high in the church as it is in the world. I'm not sure that's actually accurate, by the way. That's a little bit of a myth, but it depends on who you ask. Why did we get so much of the world get into the church when we are supposed to bring the church to the world? Pastors don't encourage their congregation to vote. Uh, we may not have the perfect candidate running, but we, we have to remember that Jesus is not running for a political office. The lame excuse that there isn't a perfect candidate doesn't fly. We've never had a perfect candidate and never will. God expects us to put the most godly men and women in authority. We didn't get Bill Clinton's and Barack Obama's overnight, and we won't get George Washington's overnight either. You can't turn a ship around on a dime. It turns slowly, and it will have to turn back slowly, but the turn has to be made. 30% of evangelicals didn't vote in 2012. And um, Al, I, those non-votes. Those last things be all those non-votes. Uh, all those non-votes went to the most ungodly man that has ever sat in the Oval Office. That would be Barack Hussein Obama, by the way. Um the Those are fighting words. The pastors are to blame. It may take the people punishing the pastors out and replacing them with ones that will follow the mandate God gave them instead of following the doctrines of man. Mark 7, 6 says, He answered and said unto them, What has... Well, hath Isaiah or Isaiah okay, prophesied of you hypocrites, as it is written, The people honoreth me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. How be it in vain do they worship me, teaching for doctrines the commandments of men, for laying aside the commandment of God, you hold the tradition of men as the washing of pots and cups and many other such like things ye do. It is time to call the pastors to do what God has called them to do, not what government tells them to do. They need to be more afraid of God than the IRS. Now, I read this. This was published August 18th last month. Uh, and uh, Roger, Roger, Roger. <laughs> The guy that wrote this clearly has a passion, but I agree with him. I agree with him. In fact, you know, it was interesting. I was over on CBN News' website earlier today, and Francis Chan, uh, they, they highlighted Francis Chan over on um, the CBN News website talking about how he just recently read the book of Revelations with an S, which irritates me because it's not Revelations, it's Revelation. Uh, but how the first seven letters that Jesus wrote to the churches in Revelation, and Francis Chan was pointing out how, wow, that's a risen Jesus, and, um, you know, and, and basically, you know, this is how he is addressing the church. He's telling them to repent, right? You know, Church of Laodicea, repent, you know, this other church, repent, you know, and all this other stuff. But you don't get that from the Joel Osteens of the world, and you're certainly not getting it from the Joyce Myers of the world, and you're not getting it from the other false teachers out there of the world, right? And it irritates me personally because when you look at, like, the topic of homosexuality, it just as an issue, it's been made so political that people, if you can take out the power of the gospel, you know, then what is there, Right? Salvation doesn't come from our government. The Coptic Christians in Egypt, they get that, right? The underground church in China gets it. The underground church in North Korea gets it. You know, over in Sudan and other parts of the world where Christians are being persecuted and slaughtered day and night and treated horribly for the same Jesus Christ belief that you have, um, you know, they're not sitting on their laurels going, oh, well... You know, I'm going to claim it and, you know, blab it and grab it. And I'm going to, you know, declare my abundance is coming my way. That drives me crazy, you know. But they're more, you know, the, the American church is full of fat babies, as Amy Grant sang many years ago. Because you've got fat pastors in the, in the pulpit who all they care about is their pockets lined with money. And they don't give a crap about the sanctification and the holiness of the church. And I've said it before, and I'll say it again. Something God calls an abomination, the church today has said, oh, no, it's okay. I'm sorry, but a holy God, when he calls something an abomination, he means it's an abomination. And the thing is, is he died so that he could set that person free. And all of us free from the law of sin and death.
just so you know. So, I could rant, but I know our time's close, so I'll give Bearface an opportunity to rant. What shall I rant about? I don't know. Yeah. What, what did you hear? Well, I, <laughs> I need I, to take I, a drink of water. I, I totally agree that, um, yeah, there's, everybody's in this political correct correctness is this sort of societal correctness and everybody's afraid to offend anyone else you know the the united states constitution constitution you know begins with a preamble that i think a lot of judges and attorneys have forgotten most politicians you know, that sets the that sets the framework for the constitution how everything's supposed to be uh you know interpreted you know, we the people of the United States, in order for a more perfect union, establish justice, provide for the common defense, um, promote the general welfare, and, and secure the blessings of liberty for ourselves and posterity, do ordain, do, do ordain and establish this Constitution of the United States of America. And I kind of mumbled through that, but, you know, everything in there, you know, it says its purpose, why it was written, and then understand, you know, uh, establishing justice and promoting the general welfare. And that doesn't mean that everybody, you know, a universal wage, everybody gets money for just existing. And, you know, to understand general welfare, the, the general welfare, the general well-being of the society, which includes moral you know, he mentioned the um, the author whose name I don't remember. He mentioned the uh, Commonwealth uh, v. Sharpless, and you know that was a case in Pennsylvania in the late 19th century where the guy had uh, this lewd painting in his home, but he was charging people to see it. Oh, and then uh, you know they said you know it was, it was still corrupting. It was it was not promoting the general welfare. It was corrupting society and and so he was he was fine for it uh he was saying his defense was such that uh well you know in england this would have been a matter of the church you know ecclesiastical court has uh you know business in the government but you know basically the government argued that well yeah <laughs> we're talking about you know the the, the welfare the moral welfare people and later on the u.s supreme court went back and cited that case uh when they did a prosecution against sending obscenity in the mail that you know hey that's and so i mean even at that time not too long ago in u.s history that the u.s government was on board and and just uh protecting the general morals you know the moral climate of the country without citing a bible chapter and verse just in what was common sense and common decency to and and now we're in a place where it's probably protected by law to send smut through the mail it's probably it's your first amendment right the constitution didn't change no you know it's morals have changed and they forgot about the general welfare and it's about promoting uh individual welfare and individual you know what we want and and Oh, can't offend you. We can't offend anybody. Everybody's got to be happy. Forget if it, you know, corrupts the, the general, you know, populace and, and degrades morals across the board. The important part is is you're not offended. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's all about money. The God of America is money. Sure. Okay. The love of money is the root of all sorts of evil. Uh, Forrest says some are preaching that only the words in red should be preached because Jesus didn't speak about same sex. They under they don't understand the Bible and what it says. Yeah, and for us, those who are the red letter Bible Christians too, they haven't quoted the red letters that Jesus Entirety. said in the Book of Revelation, just as an example. Because mm -hmm. if you if you go to your Bible with red letters, just so you know, it's not just the Gospels and Acts; it's also Revelation. Because you know, it's the revelation of Jesus Christ right. to John. Right. And um, yeah, red letters there as well. Yeah. Any, the the but, speak yeah. of judgment for sin. Yeah, so, you know, so the... And, God, the go ahead. I'm going to say, <laughs> Yeshua, Jesus, spoke more about hell than he did about heaven. You want to read those red letters? Yeah. And it, and it wasn't for... It wasn't for offending people. Judgment... <laughs> you know, I have... I, I just have to say this. I have a very interesting view of Christianity. Uh, just from my email box, Okay. 
I, you may have noticed in the last month, maybe almost two months now, maybe it's probably been over a month for sure, I have not interviewed any guests with the exception of my friend Vicki. And there's a reason for that. There's a couple of reasons. Number one, um, frankly, the numbers plummet when I have a guest on, okay? I mean, that's, that's one thing. The other reason, though, is I get all of this stuff sent to me from Christian celebrities, whether it's... Uh, you know, a number of publicists. I'm, pub I'm on everything. I can tell you. I mean, if you got my email box, you're like, oh, my gosh, you had an opportunity to interview that person? Yeah, I did. Just so you know, I didn't do it. Um, I was looking at a publisher. I used to interview all of their authors every month. I could get like eight or nine interviews just from this one p particular publishing house. I was going through their latest books to go through to, pu to, public to potentially interview people just yesterday. And I think there was eight books. I'm, I'm looking at it. I'm like... What the heck does this book have to do with the Lord? What the heck does this book have to do with the Lord? And I, I was like, I was looking at this one. I'm like, okay, that one I can kind of see maybe, but I don't know who this person is. I don't know what their theology is, you know, and I'm just reading through this and I'm like, where the heck is Jesus Christ in the church today in Christianity? Right? I mean, seriously, you know, I mean, I'm almost 50, which I'm kind of freaking out about, to be honest. But here's the thing. <laughs> As I deal with my anxiety of overturning 50 half a century, uh, I remember when I first became a believer way back in the 80s, and I listened to the worship music, the church that I went to back then, I was grounded in the hymns of that day, right? Which are still the hymns of today if you actually go and read them uh, and sing them. The Christian music of the 70s of the Jesus Movement day was way more biblically sound than the crap you get today, right? People today who call themselves Christian, by and large, number one, don't read the Bible or study it in the context that's written, and they don't have a prayer time. They don't bother praying for other people because it's so egocentric. It's me-centric. And even Billy Graham said before he died that he fears that when the rapture takes place, most of the church, at least in America, will be left behind because most people aren't saved. When you got wolves in sheep's clothing, you know, dressed in their three-piece suit and, you know, trying to get money for their jet, their jet so they can go to Hawaii for their fifth vacation this year, you know, begging people and lying to them about what's going on. I mean, how are you supposed to have a, a gospel, believe in the power of God to salvation or set you free from any sin? If sin isn't mentioned, you're not going to conquer it. You don't know the answer, the remedy. You know, it, it kills me. I'm just going to tell you, it is hard to do this show. I'm going to tell you why it's hard to do this show. Not because God's call on my life is hard, because I know his call on my life. <clears throat> I wouldn't be doing this, frankly, if it wasn't his call on my life. But I'm going to tell you something. It is hard to stand in this culture, in the social media culture, delivering the message that I deliver every day. And I'm going to tell you why. Because most people don't want to see it. They don't want to hear it. They, they want to get on Periscope or Facebook and be entertained. They want to hear fluffy, great things. They don't want to hear the hard truth, you know. And it drives me crazy. I, you know, I'm just, I'm just going to say, I was, you know, I'll just be honest. I was, I was at the DMV today. I used my debit card to pay for my $28 thing to get, you know, to get renewed my license. And it came up declined. All right. So I'm just like going... Uh-oh. <laughs> Fortunately, I had a different credit card in my wallet. I called Randall. I said, Randall, do we have enough money in there to cover my thing? <laughs> and he transferred some money. It irritates me. I think it's kind of funny, actually, in, in some ways. But it irritates me on, on so many other levels because I'm, like, going, okay, you got Joe Blow bozo face over here begging and pleading for whatever, and people are donating through the hilt. And for his new plane to do yes, ministry. So we're, and we're here, and it's like, hey, you know what? Hey, so I'm just going to say this. I'm going to say it in love. If you listen to this show all the time, you've never donated. Now is the time to donate, just so you know, okay? And I mean that in love. You should be actually donating a little bit to our show if you are in here all the time. If you're not somebody who's in here, you don't really care about us, you hate us or whatever, you're just here to mock us, whatever, I don't care. But if you're somebody 
honestly who gets you like what we do and you've never given us five bucks please do that because it would definitely help us out um and it would keep motivating me to keep doing what we're doing because i get discouraged i'm not gonna lie <clears throat> i get discouraged because it's not easy when you have the stupid social media platformings like you know hiding your content and i'm even trying to boost the show and they won't boost it it's it's irritating, you know. I'm like, okay, Lord. <laughs> hey, I'm just a 49 point whatever year old, five foot four woman, just trying to do what you're telling me to do. Okay, so I'm just doing my best, God. But hey, I need the people, you know, to to help us out. So if you, you know, if God moves on your heart to help, I I would really appreciate it. It's not about me getting rich, trust me. Uh, but you know, it would definitely help. So, uh, so anyway, I just share that with you because that's kind of where I'm at. And, uh, again, Bareface, thank you for your support and, um, for all the stuff that you're doing. Uh, anyway, <laughs> so <laughs> I don't know what else to say. You guys have any comments before we leave? Because we gotta leave. I gotta feed my dogs. My dogs yeah, are. I need to wrap this up. Here. Okay. Yeah, that's true. Okay. All right. Okay. All right. So tomorrow, the marketing of homosexuality to America, part five. Uh, I'm going to start going into uh, what we were talking about. I'm going to start breaking down the eight uh, strategies that are listed in this book that, you know, we're going to go into them a little bit more in depth. And so I'm going to be spending a couple hours putting that together for you. So make sure you tell your friends and family about it if you don't mind, because they're not going to see it on Facebook. They're going to be like, it's going to be hidden. So, you know, email your friends or tweet them or whatever and uh, let us know. Don't forget, you can join my text message list, 33222, text Bible News to that, and also our email list at Bible News Radio. And don't forget to get the brand new study, The Rapture of the Church. Okay? All right. All right, people, be bold, stand up, and go with God because he loves you. And be brave, people. Oh, be brave. Be brave. Yeah, be brave. Because you know what? Greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. And trust me, I'm not worried about God not providing. He will always provide. But what I am saying is, look, sometimes a brother and sister need a little extra lift up. So if you can be that, then please be that to us. All right? All right. Love you guys. I'll see you tomorrow.